Welcome to the Fantasy Aches and Takes Podcast, where two physical therapists will be discussing injuries to your fantasy football players. So you can stay ahead of the curve and dominate your leagues. They'll be taking the time to explain the injuries and when you can expect your players to be back on the field. As always, thanks for tuning in. And here's your hosts, Aaron Berger and Chris Erickson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Aches and Takes. I'm your co-host, Dr. Aaron Berger, and with me as always is Dr. Chris Erickson. Here to break down some injuries from 2018 as far as wide receivers are concerned. Chris, it's been a while since we've chatted, man. How are you doing? Wonderful. Yes, it has been. I mean, you started a, a new job and the, the school year starts, things get busy, but I'm glad to be back on. And let's talk about these wide receivers tonight. For sure. Uh, yeah, life gets in the way, but here we are again. Well, good, good life stuff. School's starting up. I'm starting a job and... Always, always have time to get back on here with you, man. It's good. Yeah, this is they're getting uh, third preseason week, so we're getting very close um, to the start of some real football. So we want to make sure we get this get this in. Um, I don't think there was anything major over the last week of of preseason, but yeah, let's get these these receivers going. Yeah, nothing crazy happened, like uh, a franchise quarterback just retiring or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like that happened. Yeah, that would be crazy if that actually happened. I don't think anybody would do that. Yeah, that'll that'll never happen. Something like that. <laughs> All right, we'll go. Well, over, we'll go over to. Cincinnati. I mean, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because that one, I mean, that one we could talk about. But it's like you yeah. know that ankle. I don't think we did. We mention that in our quarterback part. His, I don't think his ankle leg thing was. It, nobody I thought it was that. that. It was lingering, kind of, but it wasn't like a. Nobody thought it was that serious, serious, like his shoulder. Like, at least that's, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Um, but, yeah, that's just – that's crazy. I mean, you see it, Chris. We see these athletes and we see these, these individuals that just get broken down by injuries and just going through that whole process again and again. I don't, I don't blame him. He's, he's 30 years old almost, has a Stanford degree, his whole life ahead of him, and just yeah. it wears you down. And he gets to enjoy his 30s now. And I heard a great piece tonight on Sirius XM uh, NFL radio that he could have gone on the, on the IR and just spread it out and made, made more money, but he knew what he wanted to do. And he, he saved the, he, uh, he saved the Indianapolis Colts some money and they, they even paid him because he was so upfront with them. So mm-hmm. obviously if you're the Colts, you're, you're a little upset, but yeah, what what are you gonna do? You can't you can't make a guy. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like he clearly clearly had a combination of physical and mental, um, you know, struggles in the sense of uh, he must not have he really lost the love for the game. So I mean, if you're not gonna play at one hundred percent and be ready to go and you know and get out there and give it your all, then it is best to just. I mean, you can't give it the the, the effort it deserves the chance that he gets hurt even more uh goes up if he's not really ready for it and doesn't have the love for it so yeah I think it's totally fine Good, you know take some bravery like a lot of the a lot of the players I was disappointed with some of the I guess fans and maybe some of the media people mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of the players were very um supportive and upfront with their idea yeah you need to take some some bravery to come out at the, in the timing and say no you know what rather than string it along and and do something I'm not passionate about anymore. I'm just, I'm just hanging it up. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jacoby Brissett's not a slouch. You know, this is a new offense. 
uh, with Frank Reich. And I don't think Jacoby Brissett's going to be too bad. Everyone's writing off the Colts, but they have a, they have a much deeper roster than they did in 2017. So we'll see what they can do. But uh, let's see. Yeah, heading out to yep. Cincinnati, we're going to talk about the oft-injured, unfortunately, and he's getting up there in age, uh, A.J. Green. Uh, in 2008, oh, yeah. yeah, in 2018, he was just plagued with some right foot um, and ankle injuries. Originally injured the big toe of his right foot in week eight and then came back on week, uh, in week 13. Um, and then that same big toe, he completely ruptured the ligament in that toe. And you know, Chris, these ligaments are – are so tiny, the joints themselves are so tiny, and it's almost like a capsule at each joint. You really can't, um, mm-hmm. you really can't appreciate each ligament from another because it's just like a, it's kind of like a saran wrap around a around a little, a little joint. So you can't really appreciate which ligament it always is. But they went in, they repaired the ligament on the big toe, and that was in his right foot. Rehab was looking great, ready to go into the season healthy. Uh, but unfortunately, this preseason, he tore ligaments in his left ankle due to a subpar practice field. And this, this news kind of just rippled through the, the fantasy football community and the football community at large because this is his age 31 season, I believe, uh, age 30 or age 31. And no offense, Chris, but for an NFL wide receiver, that's getting up there a little bit in age. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. He said the feet are so – I mean – the amount of pressure and force that these guys put through their feet. Um, I mean, that big toe and those sesamoid bones, they're, they're pretty strong. But if you get an injury, all the cutting and change of direction, um, the jumping, the speed, it just seems like it's something he's not able to, to fully you know, remedy and heal. It just, it just comes back and other injuries keep popping up in, that, in those uh, toes and feet. Yeah, it's not looking good. I, I don't like, I don't like what, yeah. what he's got going on and where, and where he – you know, could be going for the, uh, for the fantasy season. Yeah. It just seems like any, any foot or ankle injury, um, whether it's that same foot or the opposite one, it just seems to perpetuate itself. And it just seems like a slippery slope that once you have one, um, the re-injury rate for any other type of foot or ankle injury just seems to go, go up significantly, unfortunately for, Mm -hmm. for AJ Green. Um, as far as concern is concerned, as far as concerned is concerned, geez, um, as far as the concern <laughs> heading into uh, 2019 here for, for A.J. Green, I'm definitely concerned. Um, we talked about his, his history of the foot and ankle injuries uh, going back to last year. And even before that, he's had some things going on with his foot and ankle. Um, mm-hmm. and any, anytime you – we've talked about it on the show, anytime you have surgery, just that scar, scar tissue buildup that can uh, be within the joint. So you worry about that. And they're saying – Week three is best case scenario for Green to come back, um, but I, I truthfully don't see him coming back until early October um, at the earliest. But yeah. we'll see. With him out, we're looking at Tyler Boyd's stock going way up, and his ADP has reflected that. Obviously, um, another guy that's oft injured is John Ross, young talent out of out of Washington. Hasn't seemed to put it together here. He's going into his third year, but. Yeah, Tyler Boyd's going to get a load of those a load of those uh, targets from Andy Dalton, um, Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield, and don't get me started on Tyler Eifert because <laughs> I just want that guy to be healthy. He's he's such a good talent. Yeah. he's another one that just can't put it all together. Did did AJ Green also? Did he at one point injure like the lateral foot, like the, like the base of the fifth, or who? There was another receiver that had a, kind of a trouble with the the outside of their foot. I, be, I believe um, he did. I don't want 
I don't want to lie on on recording, but I believe he also had. Yeah, you're you're talking about that fifth metatarsal where they put that. Screw yeah, and I think he had a, had a screw put in, and it broke around the screw, yeah. um, which is another thing. Like you just cannot those bones when that happens. You know, they'll scar down and heal, but they're just not going to be the same. Yeah, with the amount of force and pressure they have to do with cutting and pivoting and turning and speed, it just he seems to be having quite a bit of trouble with the feet. And yeah, I would be very worried about him. I mean, he's clearly not going to make it a whole season. I mean, no. he's not. He's not even this, you know not coming to the start of the to the start of the season to be ready. And then any kind of setback, he's just going to have to yeah be put back on the on the shelf for a while. So that's worrisome. I'm with you. I don't know if that'd be one person that I would that I would target. Um, you know, very high at all. When just a couple of years ago, he's uh, a top, top level, top you know, four or five wide receiver. Yeah, so. Absolutely, and uh, his ADP has reflected this injury, obviously. But even, even as he drops down into those like fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, I'm I'm totally passing on him. I just can't do it because I just know the anatomy of the foot with all these surgeries. And I, I, yeah. I'm just, as soon as you have and one, the, mo- the most recent one was. July 30th, right? The most recent surgery was July 30th. We're talking only um, about a little less than a month ago, three, three, four weeks ago. So he's got, I mean, physiologically, there's going to be longer time from that just, just to heal from the, from the surgery. So yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're right on with the, the month of September is probably um, shot and it may not be until October until we see him. And then you're likely talking maybe missing the first three to four games Yeah, and the NFL, that's, that's a quarter of the season. Yeah, it's it's you know, sixteen game. That's that's a lot. So, for sure. Do you want to talk about Not the next guy here, Chris? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so the next guy we have done is Will Fuller, um, and he was playing you know quite well um, at the end of or the, you know the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a guy that went for thirty two receptions, five hundred yards, four touchdowns in seven games. So he was catching some balls uh, in, in Houston and doing a good job down there. Um, I did find one stat that he, he either had a first down or a touchdown on about 55% of his catches, which, which was tops in the NFL um, mm-hmm. for those, that metric they take, which I didn't even know they, they t- took a, a stat on that. But it is quite interesting how, how big time that he is, you know, in the, in the either catching a first down or a touchdown on over half of his catches is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did have the, the torn ACL. Last season, we've, we've talked about that on a couple other guys, uh, some running backs and some uh, quarterback, too, with, with uh, Jimmy Grappolo, who, by the way, his last pre- or the first preseason outing I saw him was horrendous. I think it was like one for six for zero yards and an interception. It was awful. That, was, that wasn't pretty. But so that, I mean, that wasn't pretty. I mean, honestly, Aaron, you, you or I could go out there, throw one pass behind the line of scrimmage to a running back for, for zero yards, and then throw a pick and go, oh, for the rest of it. I, I, I know I could do that. That's, that's how bad that was. <laughs> He'll, his last one was, was much better. So, um, so, yeah, with him, just like we talked about before with some other ACLs, they're going to take that, patel- that patellar tendon, which is the big, thick tendon in the front of your knee. They're going to cut that middle third out, repair that ACL. Uh, he's, been, he's been rehabbing quite well. It's just that the concern for me from what I've been able to see is that they've been managing his reps in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because of – you know, out of safety or out of um, concern, like to not overuse, because you can, when you take out a middle of that or a third of your tendon, uh, the chance that you get some different knee pain, which would be more of an anterior knee pain from overuse or a tendonitis 
is a lot higher because that tendon has to regrow and repair. Um, and then when you start really pounding on it and, and jumping and running and sprinting, you can get a whole different kind of symptom with anterior knee pain. So I don't know if it's because of that or if he's just maybe not ready for the, you know, the rigors of the NFL game quite yet. Um, and because I know that his game is kind of taking the top off the defense and a lot of speed, that's what would worry me is that that first, you know, year back, not even a year, it's, um, it was just last year he did it. So um, that's kind of what, what worries me. Have you seen anything different on him? No, you, you, hit it, you hit it right on the head. We're about 10 months out for Will Fuller, and we're usually looking at a 9- to 12-month uh, return to play for any ACL rupture and reconstruction. But, yeah, you, you hit the nail right on the head, Chris. Uh, Will Fuller is just a hyper-efficient player, and it's been said time and time again that he's just – it's not sustainable what he's been able to – Will Fuller's MO is he's off, injury, off, often injured – which unfortunately is just a fact to this point in his career. I hope he proves me wrong. Yep. Um, but when he's out he's there. Overly, he's not an overly big guy. He's, uh, he's quick and fast, but not an overly big guy. Yeah, and he does. He, him and Deshaun Watson are like the perfect team because Watson's shut, so he throws such a good deep ball. And like, like you said, he's able to top, take the top off the defense. But it's been said time and time again that when he's out there, the numbers that he put up, puts up just aren't sustainable. Like – he, if if he were to yeah. average this out over 16 games, it'd be the best. It would just be the best wide receiver season of all time. <laughs> no offense to Will Fuller, I just don't think that's his game. But we, I expect I expect to see him out there week one. Um, I, you're right. Uh-huh. They're changing his reps, and we don't know if it's whether if, whether it's that anterior knee pain or just they're being cautious with their guy. Because also Kiki QT, who we will talk about in a second. Um, yep. Is dealing with a lateral or dealing with an ankle sprain this preseason, so I'm sure they're just kind of holding the holding the reins back on all these guys because these ones in the preseason don't even count. So no, and that does make sense. That that I mean, I would lean towards that outcome rather than um, you know the negative thought process of oh he's just not ready um, because the the reps just don't mean all that much in the preseason to some of these top players. I would lean towards the fact that they're just saving it, you know, just saving him because he's right on that edge of, you know, he should be physiologically, he's probably ready at the 10 month time frame. but mm-hmm. why rush something and why put too much pressure um, on that knee when it just doesn't need to be. So he should be ready for, for week one. And then he's got a good chemistry, like I said, with, with Deshaun Watson. And I like the way he, I do like the way he attacks the ball and goes up and mm-hmm. he really is. A, he's good in the air. Um, some acrobatic catches. Uh, maybe that's, I mean, I don't know if that has to do with, you know, some of the injuries, but I mean, aggressiveness is, he's very aggressive at, at attacking the ball and going and getting it. For sure. Whenever he's out there, it's, it, it's poetry in motion with, with Deshaun Watson. And you also have DeAndre Hopkins and this guy I'm going to talk about right now, Kiki QT, uh, dealt with a hamstring strain in 2018. I actually started in training camp and he had so much buzz. If you remember, Chris, coming, coming into training camp, he's from, he's from, uh, one of the Texas schools, I believe it's Texas Tech, had a great career there. He caught passes from Pat Mahomes, so obviously some hype comes along with that. Um, but dealt, he dealt with a hamstring strain in training camp and actually missed the first three games. And your co-host, Chris, picked him up off the waiver wire. I was like, here we go. It's Kiki QT time. <laughs> and uh, whenever, he was, whenever he came back from that hamstring strain, the, there was so much hype that they're going to use the heck out of him. And I think he had nine or ten catches his first game. Uh, that he was active, which was awesome. 
Um, oh man, that is yeah. great. Yeah. Came back and injured it again though in October. And we, we say time and time again, just these soft tissue injuries can, can reoccur um, very easily. So hamstring strains are definitely up there with those common, commonly re-injured uh, soft tissue injuries. Uh, we'll look also looking at Achilles. Especially yeah. for speed guys, especially for your, your defensive backs, wide receivers, yeah. um, running backs, guys that can run like you. Um, we talked about it before, but the grade two hamstring strains mean that there, there was some, you know, fibers, some muscle fibers in the belly, um, either in the middle of the muscle belly or more toward the, where the muscle starts to turn into a tendon. Uh, that were that were torn. He probably had quite a bit of bruising, possibly even like a, a little bit of a dent or a deformity in that in that hamstring, and that's gonna those could retear. That spot's a little bit weaker, even even when you rehab it, it's a little bit weaker. It wasn't like it was a grade one, grade one where it was just barely stretched. This is this is a grade two um, muscle strain there. So yeah, and he ended up coming back in October. Played three games, uh, looked great. Um, then he, like I was saying, he re-injured that, that same hamstring. It was a grade two strain again. Um, and they kind of just shut him down until the playoffs. Houston was a good team last year. They kind of caught their, caught their heat late. Once the offensive line started playing a little bit better, they leaned on Lamar Miller, um, who unfortunately tore his ACL. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say, we just, we spoke too soon on running backs. He is, yeah, yeah, he is going to be out for the season. Tough. But you know what? We caught that one. If anybody that follows on the, um, the Twitter um, when that happened and we saw the, the video of that we were we were right on um, Aaron mm-hmm. and I were both it's like yep MCL probably ACL as well the way it kind of twisted and was caught behind him um, yeah. so that wasn't a pretty one mechanism is is very important when you see the mechanism of that you can pretty much tell right away that's what it was going to be yeah unfortunately I, I always like to say unfortunately we were right because you don't want to be right but no, no, I don't want to be. Yeah, I like oh, being yeah. right, but not in that case. Like it was yeah, pretty yeah. obvious that he, that he got his, his ACL was it, it twisted. It got caught underneath of him. It didn't look good. So yeah, QT came back last year, and they, like I said, he he re-injured that hamstring again, um, and they kind of just shut him down until the playoffs. Um, and then during that wild card game against the Colts, had eleven catches over hundred yards and a touchdown. So he was ready to go, heading out into the off season. Um, and then in the second preseason game. Suffered what looked like a, a medial ankle sprain, Chris, which likely involves that deltoid ligament um, on the on the inside part of the ankle. Grade one or two, but it's tough to trust a player who's already injured in the preseason. I love Kiki QT, uh, but he actually came back to practice today, which is a good sign heading into week one uh, in, in two weeks here. So I'm sure he won't see the field in, in the fourth preseason game, and he should be ready to go for week no. one. But yeah, it's, it's just and we don't tough. talk about that that medial ankle sprain. We don't talk about too often. You don't see it yeah. as much the, as the lateral. And, and Aaron has talked about the lateral before with some other guys with the, the three different kind of lig- ligaments: the ATF, the CFL, and the PTF on the on that lateral side, which is the outside of the ankle, the one you're most people who are listening most commonly sprain, where you kind of roll it to the side. The inside one's tougher to do, and it's just frankly because the ligament's stronger, and also because the the fibula or that leg bone on the outside. It's longer, so it's just harder to get your foot to turn uh, out in a sense. I mean, it just doesn't happen as often. But if you get your caught your foot caught behind you, um, and it kind of gets rolled in, it's almost it's a very similar mechanism to what we talked about last week with the high ankle sprain um, on our guy James Connor up there um, in your town. So, but yeah, the medium one ankles tend to heal pretty well. That, that ligament's not separated like in three specific ones. It's kind of a big broad 
you know, U-shaped ligament along that inside of the ankle. So he's going to have some extra extra strength there, and it's it's really hard to do again. So I, I think he'll probably be okay with that one. What do you think on that on that medial side? Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be good to go. And whenever I first saw the video, I was actually more concerned. It looked like it had that valgus moment like we see during ACL, and I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. Um, but good, good news after the game that it was just a, a medial ankle sprain. And he, he, he actually tweeted that it was, wasn't a big deal, and they deleted it. I wish he would have just left it up there. But Kiki QT is a <laughs> great, great late-round value. Uh, but so the thing about the Houston Texans wide receivers is, is they're – Hopkins, uh, Fuller, and QT, they've kind of been injured at different times, so we've never seen all three of them out there healthy at once. So who knows where the targets are going to go. With Lamar Miller out, we're going to see more Duke Johnson out of the backfield likely. Um, so that kind of eats yep. in, into QT, but we'll see. You, you never know. That's the fun of uh, fantasy football. You can project all you want, but as soon as the ball's snapped, that's, uh, that's whenever we find out, truly. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be – yeah, that should be a pretty good team. The defense is still, um, you know, very healthy again. Um, with the Colts presumably dropping off some in that division, I think they're probably one of the favorites uh, to win to win that uh, – or the AFC South. Yep, AFC South. So, yeah, that's – they're probably one of the favorites to win that division, I would guess. I haven't checked the latest – you know, with the thing with the Colts that happened, I wonder how it changed the oh, it, the predictions or outcomes on division winners. I bet it did. Yeah, I know at least for the for the Colts over under uh, win total, it went from nine and a half to seven and a half. Um, there so, you go. Yeah. So. so you wanted to put that bet in early at under nine and a half before it happened. If you would, then you'd be like, oh, I feel good about this bet go. right now. But. Yep. And yeah, <laughs> I listened to a, I listened to a podcast called the Lefko show. It's through Bleacher Report with Adam Lefko. And he had this one guy on, uh, he goes by crack. And he always says, if you're going to do um, any under bets, you want to do that early on in the preseason because of stuff like this, like once the wind totals are before hot. Before the injuries. Yeah. Yep. Before so, big injuries before. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a very, yeah. Very important point. Yep. So if you're going to do under bets, do it early in the preseason. If you're going to do your over bets, wait until, Week four preseason or right before the uh, right before week one, just yeah, yeah, at least after week three because the the starters don't play much in week four, but they're going to play in week three. So at least after week three, yeah. yeah. All right, where do you want to go next? Let's let's go out to the uh, the Rocky Mountains. We're going to talk about our guy Emmanuel okay. Sanders, which is true. I'm I'm dumbfounded by this recovery, Chris. I couldn't believe it. Yes, this is insane. <laughs> so I'm sure you guys have heard. Emmanuel Sanders had a uh, ruptured left Achilles tendon last winter. It was actually December 5th at a practice. You know, this is one of those ones where you're just hanging out at work or at school and you get that alert on your phone and you're, you're like, what the heck? Because a game's one thing, but to, to do something like this in practice, it just, it just gives you an extra, extra blow. Of if, he, if he's on your team, you're like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So – because it because it was late it was yeah it was not like it was it was late last year yeah yeah so usual return to play time you know this chris for a uh, achilles tendon it's variable you know whether you get it surgically done or non-surgical yeah. we usually see with high level athletes or athletes of any kind you're going to want to go with a surgical seems to have better outcomes uh, we usually don't say that as physical therapists to go with surgery but as far as outcomes are concerned with achilles achilles ruptures 
surgical seems to be the way to go. Uh, but we're looking at a return to play. Yeah, it's a, little, it's, a little, it's a little faster for sure. It's definitely a little faster, and that's what these guys care about is getting back, you know, quick. I, I have seen some, um, some studies recently on, you know, just comparing surgical and non-surgical. Now, this would be in not in the population that would be considered, you know, the NFL guys. Mm-hmm. And they do have pretty good outcomes with just putting them into what's called plantar flexion or, or toes pointed down, um, non-surgically treating them, and then just slowly over the course of weeks – bringing that foot up, 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 slowly, slowly, slowly in, in boots. And then longitudinally speaking, like over, you know, the course of a year or more, the, you know, the long, the long-term effects are, are the same. Like they're not any, you know, better or worse what, because they had surgery or didn't. Um, but these guys don't have that kind of time to waste. So they're going to choose the surgical route to get that tendon fixed uh, fast. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was fast. It was um, actually ended up being eight months between yeah. when he when he ruptured his Achilles and he played in that third preseason game on on Monday night, I watched him a little bit because I was interested to see how Joe Flacco would, yeah, you know, would throw would throw the ball. Um, I, I I just when the Ravens had decided to move on and it was clear that I mean he was disappointed, upset, and then I think he's very he seems very happy and content with that team mm-hmm. um, in Denver just because he's just happy somebody wants him like you know they they believe in him. And he looked pretty good. And so oh, yeah. I saw Manuel Sanders out there, and I was surprised as you were. I'm like, well, that that's, looks pretty good. I, I loved it. And he looked fluid in his routes. He had a great jump off the line. And the, as far as NFL injuries are concerned, this is probably one of the more impressive recoveries I've seen from eight months to yeah. go from a full Achilles rupture. And also on top of that, I'm sure you saw this, Chris, he had that tightrope surgery on his right ankle. So the other, I did, I did not see that. I'm actually just kind of reading through some of your notes and that is yeah. very interesting. I'll have you, you know, just go ahead and talk on that a bit. Cause I did not see that. Yeah. So he, he ruptured his left Achilles and then he had, this is becoming more and more popular. And it's actually what Tua Tagovailoa had whenever he had that high ankle sprain and he was able to uh, before the championship game. Okay. Yeah. So this That's is why he got back so fast on that one. I was surprised at that one too. Yeah. So this is coming out of uh, Dr. James Andrews camp. Um, but they're calling it a tightrope surgery. It's for chronic high ankle sprains or in Tua's case, a a more acute high ankle sprain. And that's that syndesmosis or that connection between your tibia and your fibula, your two lower leg bones. It's just a sheath of connective tissue. Um, And if you have that that sprain, there's kind of that separation between the two bones. And so this tightrope surgery aims to do is just bring that tibia and fibula back together and uh, just a, a fun fact here from Sanders himself, he actually said that was more painful than the Achilles repair itself. So, and then he actually told the one reporter that, Dang. yeah. So I guess these surgeries are really close together. And he actually was like climbing up the stairs at one point because he, <laughs> he couldn't climb. He, like he was going on his yeah. hands and his chest up, up, the, up the stairs and up. crawling up there. Yeah. yeah. I, I would thoroughly say that after this recovery, I'm, I'm full Emmanuel Sanders fan. I, I loved him whenever he was in Pittsburgh, and then they let him go, and I, I still rooted for him in Denver. But to come back from this in eight months, and it's just incredible, really. Yeah, that's, I mean, think of the – again, you know, we talked about the foot, but, I mean, with the, with the forces and the, and the jump. But that Achilles, when you're coming off the line, and these guys who have speed and the, the amount of pounds of force – so he's going through that tendon. They did, yeah, he did a great job. He did a great job rehabbing that. I mean, they're going to start him out, you know, right after that surgery. 
they're going to be very, you know, very gentle at first. Um, he's going to just work on some, some active and passive range of motion. And then once that tendon starts to starts to remodel and scar down, then he'll be getting what, what we'd call a change from, from open chain, which kind of means not putting your foot on the ground and just moving your foot maybe through some, some manual resistance or some bands to more what we could consider closed chain with your foot on the ground. Um, and then, of course, just progressing all the way up to light jogging, um, straight forward, and then a little bit of you know, cutting side to side to full-on sprinting, you know, acceleration, deceleration. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's months and months of, of consistent and very purposeful you know, movement and loading of that tendon so that it scars down and, and uh, rehabs appropriately. So they did a good job. You're right. It's looking oh, yeah. great. What do, they, what do they use for the – on the tight rope surgery, do they go in and they use anything like from – the body or is he going in with just like some sutures and just kind of pulling that shin bone uh, together with the, with the fibula, just, just holding it tighter. So it doesn't want to separate when, when you're standing on it. I'll have to look into it more. I'm pretty sure it's a a synthetic material. Like it's not from the body itself, but yeah, this is, this is coming from Dr. James Andrews who works down in Alabama and one of my roommates from PT school actually was down at one of the clinics for James Andrews, uh, uh, practices. And he saw yep. a bunch of, yeah, he actually saw a bunch of these tightrope surgeries, um, and some football players down there. And he was like, Aaron, you got to see the, this new surgery that they're doing. And I was like, Whoa, what the heck? And he was like, explaining to me. Cause I, this is new. We, we, we have nothing. Yeah. We have nothing to go. I mean, it, makes, it makes complete sense. I yeah. mean, as far as like this physiologically, it makes complete sense. If you, if you just, if you've got two sticks that keep wanting to push apart, cause you put a little, you know, uh, a wedge between them, you know, like, 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 a, like an arrowhead on an, an arrow. Like mm-hmm. you push that down there, it wants to split those two pieces apart. But if you tie, you know, the sinew around the end of that thing to get it real tight and it doesn't split. And that's, I think that's essentially what they're probably doing is and that's very, you know, oversimplification, but just tying the bottom of those bones together or holding them, supporting them so they can't um, be split when you stand on it. That's interesting. That's a perfect analogy. That, that's what people are going to understand there, Chris. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very simple, but that's what's trying to happen is they're trying to – the reason that that high ankle sprain takes so long to heal is because of – we talked about this with um, – but the people that missed it from um, James Conner, the, the talus, the, the bone that, you're, that your ankle sits on, is kind of, a, kind of a dome-shaped bone, and when you stand on it, it wants to separate your shin bone and your – and your uh, lateral ankle bone or the fibula. And I, I think all they're trying to do there is just kind of wrap around the bottom of it to hold it together. So it doesn't, to give it time for that, the, the tissue that we call syndesmosis to, to heal a little faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got it. That's it makes perfect. perfect sense. It's so simple. I don't, I wish, why didn't, Hey, why didn't we think of that one? In, in that <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I think my student well, loans right, be paid off already. Yeah. Cause we're not, we're not, we're not James Andrews. That's why. Yeah. Heading out to LA, we're talking about Cooper Cup, another uh, young talent with a torn ACL last year. And I'm sure you've been reading the, the reports, Chris, but I guess this guy yeah. was insane in camp in a good way. I know, but he's had, he's had such super hype around this kid. I mean, I remember coming when he came out of college, he was kind of the sleeper, like, oh, watch out for this, this guy named Cooper Cup. Yep. And he was on a tear. I mean, when I looked it up the other night, he's through eight games, he was 40 catches. 556 yards and six touchdowns. So he was on pace for over a thousand yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, and that's a good, obviously their, their, their offense is quite prolific, um, you know, down there in LA with, 
um, with the, with the coordinator and then the, and the head coach and all that stuff and the Jerry and golf at, at quarterback, but um, he's not the number one receiver. I mean, they've got some, they've got cooks. They've got, um, cooks. help me out. Who's the other cup woods. Yeah. Robert Woods cooks. And so Cooper cup, he's probably a, a you know, a two or a three, um, yeah. but they play a lot of, they play a lot of three. So he plays a lot. Cause they play a lot of three, four wide um, sets, but yeah, he was lighting it up. Yeah. Uh, he had the, you know, the same, like, like we've talked about very standard um, ACL surgery in November. Um, so he's about that same, you know, time frame uh, out as we talked about with, uh, Oh, who we talked about before. Wilfuller. I have to go back. But yeah. With, with Will Fuller. Yep. Very similar. But on the difference here is that what I've seen thus far is that he's actually now, cause you know, it depends on, it's so crazy, but it, it depends on the surgeon on who you, on who you get. It depends a lot on the placement of the little holes. They got to drill little holes up into your thigh bone and they drill holes into the shin bone where they place that, those ACL, those graphs, which just means a little, the little bone pieces where they, where they drill them in and set them into your bone makes a big difference on how well it takes, how, like how well the, the actual, you know, tendon takes and turns into uh, ligament later. Um, we could do a whole talk on, on that physiology, but, and then how, you know, how fast they recover. So it seems like he got a really good, you know, graft and it's real tight and strong because he's actually been testing better and faster than his pre ACL injury. Yeah. It only like nine or 10 months out. So very impressive, right? Yeah. I love Cooper cup. I had him his rookie year. I picked him up off waivers after like two weeks and he just seems to have a great uh, rapport with golf, especially around the end, especially around the red zone and the end zone. Um, He's definitely that, that red zone guy that golf loves to look towards. And I, if you can snag Cooper Cup as your wide receiver too, uh, that's I love that because he golf's due for positive regression within that red zone um, this this season, and Cup's the perfect one to uh, catch those passes for him for sure. But I don't really have any concern for Cup moving into year one after the ACL. And there's always some level of concern. I'd be lying if I said there was none, but yeah, no more than any other player with a. Yeah, he's testing better and faster than he was before. He clearly yeah. worked very hard at it. And like I said, I think he got a great, you know, a great surgeon, a great placement of the ACL, and his knee might be, you know, as good, if not maybe a little better than before. It's, it's weird to think, but, I mean, it's they can do some pretty pretty great things. So it's insane. I like him. I've had him on my team before as well. It's yeah. just one of those, you know, I'd go back to him again for sure. Definitely. You want to talk about uh, St. Brown out of Green Bay? That's your guy. That is, yeah. I mean, like Green Bay is that doesn't have, you know, a, <laughs> they have one clear number one with the, with Devonte um, Adams. I I am not happy about the defector that went to to Dallas, which will just <laughs> remain nameless. We cannot go to, but. So one of the back, or one of the they they spread the field out quite a bit too, um, and play a lot of three and four wide sets. So the guy Equinemius St. Brown, I think he came out of Notre Dame. Does that sound right? That does. That, yep, we got it. Um, so he had uh, an ankle injury, um, and that looks like he will be out. Uh, looks like maybe close to six weeks, and that's that's a pretty significant ankle injury. The ankles heal pretty quickly if if given the right inputs and the right rehab right off the bat. They tend to do 
you know, pretty well, pretty quick. But if you're talking six weeks, that that's just the, the minimum kind of, um, of that physiological time frame for the 10 or sorry, the ligament to heal. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stinks because they, they definitely, I mean, they, they need him and Rogers needs him. There'll be quite a bit of, of attention uh, placed at uh, Devante. So it's going to be, yeah, he, I mean, he's going to rehab. He's going to be fine. Ankle sprains heal. They'll get him back, but he is going to be missing some time. So he might be one. If you do pick him up, know that, that he'll be, a you know, only good for like bi-week, you know, bi-week recovery. And that's, that's about right. Cause by the time you get into bi-weeks, week four, five, six, seven, um, he should be ready to go by about then. So, but that's all he'll really be at that point. Um, unless he gets a, a good chemistry going, um, with Aaron Rodgers, which is possible. He, it's amazing. Some of the guys that leave that team do terrible. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember what, like, like when Jordy Nelson left and went to the Raiders, didn't hardly get any catches. And then there's, there's been guys that go and come back and then they have just tremendous chemistry with him and they get, they get a lot of production, but anywhere else they just don't have the same production. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like him when he gets back, he, he's going to be, um, in that, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three for that team. So, yeah. And I mean, you have Marcos Valdez, Scantling and Jermon, Geronimo Allison, yep. but we don't know how that's going to yep. pan out. And just as an outsider looking at the Packers, Chris, it just seems like whoever Aaron Rodgers meshes with, that's as, as soon as you they have his ball. trust. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So and they, they run four or five wide set a lot. I mean, there was, there was no, team actually i heard this up when i watched the steelers the other night the steelers were the second team which surprised me um yeah. i think it was i think it was just that had percentage wise threw the ball more you know than green bay was the, the team that that threw the ball more percentage wise and ran the ball less percentage wise in the nfl uh-huh. so yeah. i really hope that they can, they can run the ball more um with jamal williams and the couple and the um aaron jones i believe those two backs i thought were pretty good and if they can balance it out because they run way too many four and five wide sets, mm-hmm. which can get them in trouble. I mean, it's, yeah, it's good for us as far as fantasy numbers go, but I don't think it helps them with winning games all that much. So that's for sure. But, well, yeah. They still have a good good. Yep. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we got anybody else? I think that wraps it up for, for this episode of the fancy aches and takes podcast. Yeah. Um, as always follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook, subscribe on Spotify, Google podcast, iTunes. Um, give us a nice five-star review. That would be awesome. Say something nice about the show. Chris, anything to sign off? No, we would love that. Yeah. We would love any kind of comments or, um, you know, just action things that saying, hey, are we, you know, are people liking what we're putting out or are they not liking it? Should we, should we change things? Any, any suggestions would be wonderful. I mean, absolutely wonderful. We just, we just love doing it because we're, you know, physical therapy and football nerds. So it's fun to us, but we'd love some, some extra input on stuff and hopefully we can get to some of the tight ends. Um, like Aaron said, there's some guys on there that, uh, we could definitely talk about with, with Tyler Eifert and I, I've given, I've completely given up on ever drafting Jordan Reed ever again. <laughs> I've taken, I think I've taken him like five or six years out of the last, you know, and he just, he burns me every time. So uh, yep. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll be discussing them next episode and I'm sure those two will be on there. Uh, very, yeah. very much so, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. for, for Chris Erickson, I'm Aaron Berger signing off for this episode of the fancy X and X podcast. And thanks always for the listening.